Welcome. With Rob. Yes, you do, and uh, I, I would definitely be feeling on the opposite side of that spectrum, so why not focus on your success over my failures? I think that would be a good decision. Here at Mark My Words, we're marking all the words, good or bad, and we're bringing them back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, yes, before we get to all that, though, let's get into the Week 5 recap of the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills going over to London here playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we had talked about this game being maybe somewhat of a difficult one, and indeed it ended up proving to be too much for the Bills as they fell 25-20 to to Jacksonville. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest point that comes out of this was losing the key players you did on defense. In absolutely enormous blows, losing both Matt Milano and Daquan Jones, probably both for the season. You saw that defense give up probably more than they have all year. And while the offense didn't look great, they looked extremely explosive at times. And at the end, I kind of thought they might be able to come back. But just an amazingly run play by Jacksonville on third down where it looked like they were going to run and Lawrence checked out of the play and tossed one up to Ridley. I thought it was just an amazing play. And that's the kind of play that I would expect to see from the Jaguars. But I thought it was just a really good call to help seal that game for them. Yeah, for sure. And like you talked about, the injuries just felt numerous and devastating with every single one. And now you look at this Bills team who has maybe their two best defensive playmakers, maybe would you say, in, in White and Milano out for the year. Yeah, I did not say so. Yeah, I like that's no small thing. So they're going to have to figure out how they're going to be able to come back from that. But this game was, I don't know if it was jet lag or if it was just the Jags' comfort in London, but it just felt like the Bills never really were there. And like you said, it could have been the injuries and the, how that affects your momentum. But it really felt like the Jags controlled this game more than the score, the final score indicated. It felt like they really would, were moving the ball well, and whenever they would get into the red zone, there would be a couple, you know, a fumble or something that would go wrong. I think they had two fumbles in this game. Um, so kind of opportunistic defense from Buffalo. And really kind of liked what I saw from the Jags here, able to finally get a, a win over a good team this year. But, you know, as for the Bills, I wouldn't take too much away from this loss as all the injuries and flying over to London is just really not what you're going to be expecting every week. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree with that point where I feel like I'm not taking a ton away from this game. Like, I'm not really viewing the Bills in much of a different light. Even though their offense wasn't as good this game, I think they've already proven how good it can be. And as well as their defense has proven Miami, I feel like I'm not concerned, and I would still view them in the heavyweight contender part of our rankings, whereas for Jacksonville, I feel like it, it helps me in how I view them, but I still wouldn't be ready to put them in the heavyweight contenders after what we've seen from them so far this year, but I think it's definitely a right step in the right direction for Jacksonville. Yes, and I also think that, you know, if you look at the stats, Josh Allen, 27 for 40, 359 yards, two touchdowns, and all his receiving threats, you know, with Diggs 
Davis over 100 yards, and Hardy having a good uh, day as well, you would think that they would score more than 20 points, but their complete inability to run the ball. I mean, Josh Allen, top runner with 14 yards, really goes to show you that you do kind of need that running game if you want to win, which they have been able to produce this year until this game. Yeah, that was a bit concerning that their running game had the lowest output it had since 2014. Yeah. I mean, that's for the Jaguars, it really shows, I think, some poise and resistance to have this Buffalo team that's on fire come into London, which is essentially your home turf, and you are able to shut down their at least their running game and really take advantage of their sluggishness on offenses. says a lot about the Jaguars team, who I think some people were starting to doubt how good they actually were. I mean, we all, I think we both thought that they were one of the, maybe not heavyweights in the AFC, but, but pretty close to it. And their sluggish start kind of had us questioning that. At least, definitely, I was starting to question how good the Jags actually are until this game. Yeah, I was as well. But I, I still thought that they definitely had the potential to bring themselves back up again. Yeah, I would agree. And from there, we go on to the Monday night matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Las Vegas Raiders. So this game was not as exciting as we all were expecting as it resulted in a Raiders win 17-13. to What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, that Packers offense honestly frustrated me in that one where it felt like they should have easily been able to take control of that game but just never were. Love, honestly does not look poised in the pocket and looks quite erratic. Like, I can think of one throw in particular on that final drive there where the pressure was coming to him as the pocket collapsed. They tried to put a lot of pressure, for a lot of protection on that line, and as it was pushing in towards him, he just bailed and went to the ground. And, like, he really should have been able to just fling that ball and have the awareness to get rid of it or at least throw that jump ball but instead he pretty much just hit the turf and took a sack yeah like i feel like he just has more awareness and he just honestly looks erratic and unpoised yeah i would agree with that and on a down-to-down basis throughout this year he really hasn't been consistent with this completion percentage percentage being 55 uh, i think it's like 55.6 so i mean you really want to see him grow in that area and not regress and that's kind of been a concern here as the games have gone on. He's looked more and more uncomfortable. And I think that's certainly due to the injuries on the offensive line and, and also not having Aaron Jones there. But for a guy that sat three whole seasons behind Aaron Rodgers and to have this kind of rudimentary struggle, it's just kind of annoying to me. I don't know how much patience we're supposed to have with this guy. I mean, I think that you know he certainly has potential, and we certainly shouldn't be too hasty. But the fact that he's regressing at this point against easy defenses is definitely a concern. Yeah. I feel like we're leaning a bit more towards he is the guy Yeah. than not. But I feel like we should have been able to see him and this team be on a who I think we can both agree is a bottom feeder in the Raiders. Yeah. Right, and the fact that they go in there and they just completely, you know, wet the bed on this one is just not concern. It's just not uh, encouraging, I should say. And their complete inability to run the ball without Jones is astounding as well. I mean, I know Dylan had a bit of a better game, but even so, uh, averaging under four yards a carry, not even breaking 100 yards. So this Packers run game has been among the worst in the league this year, which is, you know, you thought that, if anything, that would be their strength. So... I have not been impressed with the coaching at all the last year and this year. 
I think Matt LaFleur really puts his, his team in some difficult positions and is unable to uh, play call his way out of them. You just need to get to your basics, you need to get to your fundamentals. And as for Joe Barry and the defense, although they tightened down, um, but they in the second half, they really need to clean up their starts if they're going to have a chance. Absolutely. So going forward, you know, things to see. I just want to see Love get more comfortable. I, you need to be throwing it with him. You can't babysit him anymore. you got to let him loose. And we definitely, at the same time, we have to stick to that run game at the beginning of the game and not get away from it too much. And from there, we transition into the Clown of the Week for Week 6. Everybody loves the good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. If you listened to last week's episode, I think you may already know who the Clown of the Week is. And this week, the Clown of the Week is none other than Denver Broncos head coach, Sean now, why? Why is Sean Payton the clown of the week? I think many of you may very well know the comments that he made back in the offseason about how Nathaniel Hackett had the worst coaching job in NFL history and that everything they did, he was going to do just the opposite. Well, I think he's managed to do that just the opposite. In their defense, who was number 10th ranked in DVOA last year, is currently the worst ranked DVOA defense of all time. And not to mention that you just lost the game to Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. The guy that you said was so terrible, you just lost a game to him with the, I'd say, definitely worse Wilson at the helm for him that you allowed to outplay your Wilson. Just absolute clownery by Sean Payton with the comments he made this year and so unable to back them up and just may I say something here like may I just add a proposal to not only name Sean Payton the clown of the week but to name him the clown of the year (laughs) I think that proposal is absolutely valid when you come in that hot and you have make all these claims and back up absolutely none of them you are absolutely absolutely deserving of that five weeks into the season Denver has lost to their former head coach, Josh McDaniels, former defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, former head coach, Nick Fangio, former ball boy, Mike McDaniel, and former head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Like, just absolute clownery. Sean Payton, you are the clown of the week. (laughs) Well deserved and well said for the clown of the week. And now this week, I'd like to introduce to everybody a new segment called How Do You Like Me Now? So this segment will focus on both a good and a bad team that you have changed the most on since the start of the season. So why don't you start it off, Rob, with who have you changed the most on since the start of the season and bad way? All right, so my negative perspective for this season, How Do You Like Me Now, is the New England Patriots. So in my preseason predictions, I had the Patriots going a modest 9-8, and eight, although nearly missing playoffs. I thought they would be kind of a middling team that would surprise some of the better teams with a win here and there, kind of shake up the season. As last year, they didn't have an offensive coordinator, and they really didn't do any team building to really help Mac, help Mac Jones. I thought this year, now you have more stability coming into this and you can do something. But the Patriots have gotten worse in almost every single category. 
In these last two weeks, they've been outscored 72 to three. And Mac Jones' passer rating this year is 72.1. That's the worst in the NFL. He also has, uh, the Patriots have a yards per carry of three with a running back like the uh, Ramondre Stevenson on your roster. That's 1.3 worse than last year. They are also scoring 11 points a game, which is the worst in the league compared to their 21 points per game scored last year. So the Patriots have absolutely under exceeded my expectations and are just completely a bottom feeder in my opinion. A very good choice. I would have picked them except for the fact that I thought they would already be quite there. Yes, you did. But a good choice. And for me, my how do you like me now team for bad is the Cincinnati Bengals. Now for me, I think I did say beforehand going into the season, I thought they could have some room for regression. Although I still picked them for 12-5, but to not win the division to come in second and be the fifth team in the AFC. But holy cow, how bad they've been so far has just been absolutely astounding to everyone. Yeah. Like, their offense has just been absolutely putrid this entire season. It's like, oh, look, we got to win this week versus the Cardinals. Joe Burrow's back. Oh, Jamar Chase got three touchdowns. Oh, congratulations on that. <laughs> but, I mean, your offense still has not been that amazing this year. Even considering that, do we really think they're going to continue to good numbers I mean the Cardinals are not a good defense do we think they're gonna be able to do that again I don't know I feel like I have my doubts about that and I've really changed my mind about this I still don't think that the Bengals are gonna make the playoffs this year I don't know yeah I mean their their defense has definitely had some struggles this year as well and that offense though the good game versus Arizona has yet to face a good team and succeed so I absolutely agree with that although I did have the Bengals starting off slower I never thought it would be like this and now for the better, my How Do You Like Me Now team that is in a positive way is the Indianapolis Colts, as they are 3-2 and two currently. They beat the Texans, Ravens, and Titans, all teams that are fairly good, fairly strong teams in hindsight. They have the 7th most rushing yards in the league and are 11th in yards per carry without their star running back Jonathan Taylor. So now that he is back, they should be even more productive on the ground. And it really appears that they finally have that offensive line fixed. I know last year we thought they had one of the best offensive lines, but they completely underperformed. They look pretty strong this year. And it's really, really encouraging to see Richardson playing as well as he had uh, these first few weeks, although he has been hurt and he's going to be placed in IR. I think Minshew is solid enough to carry that team. And the Colts, most importantly, are a fun team to watch. I had them 3-14 and 14 in my season predictions, and I thought they'd be abysmally boring. They're very, they're a fun watch. They're kind of a must watch every week. And the Colts, how do you like me now? I like them quite a bit. And for me, how do you like me now team that has changed the most in a good way is the Los Angeles Rams. I think going to the season, I felt like they were just such a team that were uninteresting and I was just pretty sure of would not be very good having them at six and 11 and honestly feeling pretty confident about that. And that was just a general consensus. And I think the Rams have changed, for me, the most in a good way. They have piled up a couple of losses. I mean, they're only 2-3, and three, but they've played good games versus, I think, about two of the better teams in the NFC, San Francisco and Philadelphia. And I think what I've seen from Stafford, he looks back to his normal self and the emergence of Puka Nakua, and then this week, getting back Cooper Cup and just looking like his old usual self. 
I think is enough for me to really have the Rams cement themselves in my mind as an NFC playoff team. And in the wild card, like, are they really going to be that huge underdogs if they play, say, Detroit? Or maybe even if they go up against San Francisco? They've played them closer than anybody so far. I mean, I, I like what I've seen from the Rams, and I've really changed my mind about them, and I think they're a good team. They're a legit team, and they belong in the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would agree partially with that. For sure, they've exceeded my expectations, and it makes you almost kind of feel stupid. Like, this team won the Super Bowl two years ago. They still have Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. And, yeah, Rams are definitely flying pretty high as compared to our both of our preseason expectations. And now it's time for our week six picks. So just to recap last week here, in the Pick'em League, Scott went nine and five, having a decent week, and I went eight and six. So Scott's total for the year is 52 and 26, while mine is 46 and 32. So Scott with a nice six game cushion entering this week. Let's see if I can come back. And now the Thursday night football game between the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you have in this game? I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning. And I do as well. Over 10-point favorite here. Woo, doggy. Yeah, and as we've known, the Chiefs have not been very good against the spread. But I think it would be a pretty pretty much a discredit to both of these teams if we didn't expect a blowout here. I would love to see Kansas City roll over the Broncos, although I think maybe Kelsey being questionable might put a stop to that blowout. Um, the Chiefs should easily beat this Broncos team, even though they're desperate. And then you have the Baltimore Ravens facing the Tennessee Titans. And this game is in London. Who do you have taking this matchup? I have Baltimore winning in this one. And I have the Tennessee Titans winning in this one. I know you are uh, absolutely confounded and astounded by that pick. Yeah, not at all. (laughs) Baltimore just like having such an insane loss last week. Just really wanted to give that one away to Pittsburgh. And just an insane stat I heard about that. It says there's been three times previously under John Harborough that the Ravens had held the Steelers to three points after three quarters, and they're 0-3 in those games. Mm. Absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, those Ravens-Steelers games are really low scoring. I think that the last five games, each team has, at, the winning team has averaged around like 17, 18 points, which is crazy. Um, so, I mean, that that's a game where I wouldn't take too, that too seriously if I were Baltimore. But the Titans really have handled Lamar well in the last few games they played against him, even though they did lose the last one in the playoffs. I mean, they, they really have contained him, and his pass rating has been pretty bad every the last three games. He has played them with 79.8, 74.8, and 63.8 last three times against the Titans, resulting in two losses. So I feel confident in Vrabel's defense uh, being able to hold Lamar in London. And if Derrick Henry is able to churn that defense, which I think he will be, the Titans should be able to win this. Should be a fun one. And then you have the Washington Commanders against the Atlanta Falcons here. Two uh, young, feisty teams here, and who do you have winning it? I have the Falcons winning in this one. And initially I did have the Falcons, but I think the Commanders will take it after getting absolutely embarrassed by the Bears. I think they will respond. And I feel like there was quite a swing by the national perspective about Washington this week. People seemed pretty high on them the week before after taking Philadelphia to overtime. Yeah. And for me, Atlanta, last week I felt like I finally saw what I 
thought they would be going into the year when I picked them to win that division and have 11 wins. When you're really able to see Ritter really use his weapons much better. He ended up throwing for over 300 yards in that one, but Kyle Pitts finally being the leading receiver on the team and Drake London also being a big part of that offense. I think it's what you really needed to see from that team. And I hope that can continue for them. And I think they could really contend in the NFC if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, last week, Sam Howell was the fifth uh, best fantasy quarterback. Desmond Ritter was the sixth best, which is crazy. I mean, those those guys typically are not that high up there in terms of their production. So this is going to be a pretty fun game, I think, between two humming offenses, two pretty good quarterbacks here, um, at least good, young, exciting quarterbacks. And I do think the commanders just have a little bit more power and a little bit more juice than the Falcons do. But, I, you know, this Falcons team has surprised me before, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again. And then you have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears. Vikings really looking uh, bleak here as they lose Justin Jefferson amidst uh, already disappointing season. Whereas the Bears getting their first win of the year. Who do you think takes this game? I have the Vikings winning on this one. And I do as well. Just a crushing blow by the Vikings, though, to place Justin Jefferson on injured reserve. Yeah. I mean, that's that was your, your guy. That was really the only source of excitement for them this year in the midst of all these losses. And just to have that happen is, is devastating. However, I do think they are still better than the Bears, and their offense should be better than the Bears in this game as well. With Kirk Cousins, I think he'll be able to distribute to the guys they have. Yeah, I, I think that we are really due for a little something from Jordan Addison. And mark my words, I think Jordan Addison is going to very well take the place of Justin Jefferson while he's on injured reserve and will be looked at very well afterwards. Uh, I completely agree with that, and uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but the end of this show, I will be talking about Jordan Anderson. So. so we're both on the Vikings train there. Let's see if we are on the Seahawks train between the Seahawks and the Bengals. I do have the Seahawks taking this game. As do I. Okay, yeah. As I talked about in uh, How Do You Like Me Now, I don't think that the Bengals can continue the offensive output they had the last game. I think they're still going to continue to look shaky against the Seattle team. I think we can agree is good. And I think that Seattle can take this one. Yeah, Seattle has been a solid team this year. I mean, they were a pumpkin in week one, but since then they've been pretty good. And I think they're they're definitely like a midweight team here. Their defense continues to get pressure, 16 sacks in four games. So that, you know, we all are always concerned about the Bengals' offensive line. I think uh, Seattle's going to wreak havoc on Burrow here. Right. And then you have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Cleveland Browns. And initially, I liked the Browns here as a possible underdog, but it looks like Watson may not play for this game. So, you know, the 49ers, I think, should take this game. Yeah, I agree. And the 49ers is having absolute domination over Dallas, who was considered very good going into this game. I think got knocked down quite a few notches by them. And like I predicted going into this one, I thought that they would have a double-digit lead at I think maybe even surprised me a little bit in this one, being as good as they were and holding Dallas to under 200 total offensive yards. Yeah, and I, I know you marked your, your words last week, uh, saying that the 49ers win by double-digit points. And just for that proof, uh, let's go back to that in a little moment in time there. Mark my words. Oh, Mark my go. words. I think the Niners are going to win by double-digit points in this game. So yeah, absolutely nailing that one. 
I, even I was surprised by just the the up, absolute domination that the Niners have, just really proving that they're in a whole different league from Dallas. And Dallas really has a ways to go before they can be as good as the Niners here. Uh, just really looked at the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, unquestioned top dogs. And then you have the Carolina Panthers taking on the Miami Dolphins. And Panthers 0-5 looking to avoid going to 0-6. Do you think they will? No, they're not going to. They're going to 0-6 as the Miami Dolphins will continue their statistical output that they uh, decided they wanted to do in the offseason. That yeah. was their goal, to get yeah. statistical output in Week 5, you know? Yeah, you saw that as well. Yeah, yeah. Really fun quote by McDaniel there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the more fun coaches. he got a good sense of humor. And uh, you can't discredit what he's done. I mean, I know it's short sample size, five weeks, but, I mean, the offense looks really dynamic. I mean, really the only question is how good the defense can be. But, you know, not really going to have a, too much of a test here against Carolina. They should roll. Absolutely. And then you got the Indianapolis Colts facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I thought that these teams had played earlier in the year, and it turns out they did week one. So pretty quick turnaround, only four weeks in between two matchups. Who wins this game? I have Jacksonville winning in this one. And I did as well, but uh, I definitely would watch out for the Colts here. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the wire, and I think people will be talking about it yet again. But we're still not seeing enough from Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm definitely underwhelming. You wonder how well they're going to play uh, now that they're not in London. So let's see if the charm uh, has worn off there. And then you have the New Orleans Saints taking on the Houston Texans. Saints coming off an absolute blowout of the Patriots while the Texans lose a heartbreaker to Atlanta. Who wins this game? I have the Texans winning in this one. And after much deliberation, I will have to disagree as I had the Saints. Although the Saints did have quite a blowout of New England, it seemed like they had a difficult time even getting to that point, leaving points on the board, I thought, in that one, and Derek Carr still not looking himself. And that's kind of my reasoning why I wanted to pick the Texans in this one. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud has looked really, really good, not throwing an interception thus far, and looking like, I think, the best quarterback out of the rookies that we've seen. Um, but I think this team definitely has some big holes and a lack of weapons, and they, they definitely are a young team that's going to have some growing pains. So I think the Saints have a really good defense. They're a more composed team. They are more ready to win now. So I do think the Saints will be able to take this. And then you have the New England Patriots and the Las Vegas Raiders. So I thought this was initially going to be a very tough decision. However, I will be going with the Raiders here, and it wasn't all that tough for me to make this pick. Yeah, as well, and I quite agree with that one. This is probably my least favorite match of the week. Should be a terrible game to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Josh McDaniels versus Bill Belichick, and uh, McDaniels will have his revenge. Then you have the Detroit Lions taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks coming off a bye week, and the Lions, are they going to run into a buzzsaw here? Sneakily a fun game, I think, this week, but I still have Detroit coming out on top. I do as well, and I was looking for ways to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. But in the end, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Lions are looking too good right now. And just a really fun team and a lot of good vibes there in Detroit. Uh, but Tem Bay has also really impressed me this year. And besides, if they don't lose in a blowout, I really, my opinion, won't be lessened of them if they lose to a good Lions team. Right. And then you have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Los Angeles Rams in an NFC West battle. Who takes this game? The Rams winning in this one. And I do as well. Yeah, the Rams definitely looking like one of the better teams we've seen this year, as you had mentioned, and how do you like me now? The Cardinals, maybe they're a bottom feeder at this point, although they they have shown some feistiness in these games, but the Rams with Stafford and Cup 
that connection is back and better than ever, and they'll be able to steamroll the Cardinals. Then you have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Jets. So Jets getting a nice win over Sean Payton. Do you think they'll get a nice win over Nick Sirianni and the Eagles? I don't, as I have the Eagles winning in this one. Yeah, I do as well. And I feel like I need to apologize for the Eagles about my comments about them earlier this year, trying to say how they weren't quite as good. I think they've reproven to me again that they, they are an elite team. They are a very good team. Still not quite on the level of San Francisco because, like I said, unquestioned top dogs. But Philadelphia is an elite team. Yes, I would agree with that as well. I, I predicted them to have a step back there this year going 11-6 and and uh, falling second place to Dallas in this division, which I don't think that couldn't happen. I know it seems weird like and like ridiculous to say that Dallas could somehow win this division, but I don't think these teams are that far off. Um, I do definitely think the Eagles are better than I had thought this year, though, and I would agree that they are heavyweights and elite team. Um, whereas the Jets are maybe even a little worse than I thought with their defense, um, but you know, a lot of that has to be contributed to the injury to Aaron Rodgers. And then you have the New York Giants taking on the Buffalo Bills. Bills coming off a tough loss to Jacksonville here. Do you think they rebound with a win against Brian Dayball? I do, and I think that their offense is really going to be on show yet again as the Giants have been able to do much of anything to stop offenses or get offenses going themselves. Yeah, Giants really have looked just absolutely awful this year. And I, I still am holding out some hope that they're going to be able to turn it around and be some semblance of what they were last year. But that hope fades with every game and every terrible performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year the team with the most pressures in the league gave up 212, and this year the Giants are on pace to give up 326 pressures. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, I think it's, it would be fair to expect an absolute Bills blowout here, um, you know, 41-3 to style. Daniel Jones has been on the run for his life his, this entire season so far, and I don't see that changing with a Buffalo defensive line that's been all over the place this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then finally you have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Los Angeles Chargers coming off a bye. So this is one of the more intriguing matchups here. I'd be very interested to see who you go with in this Monday night game. I'll have the Cowboys winning in this one. And I will as well. I think a team that got smacked as bad as they did, they're really going to be clenching their fists tight and really trying to get a better performance than this one. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and the Chargers really, I know I've I kind of said that they were really disappointing to me this year, but they really haven't looked all that bad. I mean, their losses came against pretty good teams in the Dolphins, and well, I think the Titans are a pretty good team. But, you know, an overtime loss to them, it isn't a horrible loss in Tennessee. And then beating teams like the Vikings and Raiders, like you should be beating them. So I think, you know, I, I could definitely lay off the Chargers a little bit. But they're going to have to win one of these next two games between the Cowboys and the Chiefs if they want to still be in it. You don't want to be 2-4 and four after six weeks. So I think this could definitely be a fun matchup to watch and watching two premier teams and two premier offenses go head-to-head on Monday Night Football. But I do think the Cowboys should take this game. And from there, we transition to our underdog locks of the week. And last week, we both lost as Scott picked the Rams and I picked the Texans. So that brings me to a absolutely atrocious 0-4 and, and Scott to 2-2. Two and two. So, Scott, what do you got dialed up for your underdog lock this week? So this week, my underdog lock of the week will be the Seattle Seahawks. I think this will go along with kind of what I've said in both How Do You Like Me Now and the game picks where I, I feel like I'm low on, lower on Cincinnati than consensus, really. And I do believe in Seattle. 
And I think that the depth they have overall on that defense is going to be enough to confuse and really hold back that Cincinnati offense still. And I think they're still going to struggle, well as that Seattle offense is going to be able to do enough on the backs of Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, and company there to be able to get out a nice win versus Cincinnati this week. That's very nice, as I was considering that myself. All right, and now it is time for me to make my underdog lock of the week. And I know you guys have been uh, disappointed in me, and as you should, uh, because I have been terrible and, and atrocious and, and awful. It's kept me up at night. You know, I, I, I worry about it every day. It's the first thing I think about as I wake up. I can't keep it out of my mind as I go to work. And, you know, it's really starting to play on my confidence. So I'm going to outsource my underdog lock of the week this week and bring in our in-house expert who hasn't got one of these wrong because he hasn't done one yet and his name is dave so dave thank you for helping me with this underdog lock and this week i'm considering three teams okay so i'm considering the seahawks over the Bengals. i'm considering the commanders over the falcons and the titans over the ravens so which of these three you think would be the best for an underdog lock all right well thanks for having me on i think the absolute worst pick out of these three is the commanders over the falcons because i see sam howell throwing at least two picks minimum against this tough falcons defense and i think the falcons come out with a huge win um and i see them holding the commanders to less than 10 points in this one so i think that's an awful pick um moving on to the seahawks cincinnati uh i don't like this pick either i think the Bengals are getting hot and I think we're going to see that offense we've been expecting to see this entire season. And uh, the Bengals, everyone's going to hop on the hype train again. And I think they get a nice win against Seattle here. So I like this Titans-Ravens. Um, the Titans have a pretty stout defense. Uh, but it's been maybe a little bit underwhelming, especially against the Browns when they lost 27-3. to But the Ravens' pass offense looked atrocious last game and I think the Titans have enough to get it done and it's an AFC South team in London we've seen that go 2-0 and this year I think they make it 3-0 and I think the Titans get a nice win on Sunday alright so there you have it for the underdog of the week I will be going with the Tennessee Titans per advice from Dave an in-house expert here so thank you very much for joining us on this segment and hopefully my fortunes will change in this segment, the underdog lock of the week. And now it's time to transition into Rob's fantasy starts and sits. And whoo last week was not great, so hopefully we'll look for Rob to get back in the winning column uh, this week. All right, yes, so I will recap last week, even though it is much to my begrudgment to do so. And my starts for last week were... Brian Robinson Jr. of the Washington Commanders and Terry McLaurin of the Commanders. So, Commanders put out a stinker, a dud on Thursday night. Brian Robinson finished as the 35th ranked running back, having only 10 yards on the ground and 33 yards receiving. And McLaurin finished as the 44th ranked receiver with 49 yards in the air. And my sits of the week were quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who finished 15th among quarterbacks with 315 yards and touchdown. So I will take that as a win because, you know, one quarterback per league, if you're starting 8, 10, even 12 teams, 15th would be worse than that. So I will take a win on that, Trevor Lawrence, 15th-ranked quarterback. But that is where the glory ends. And um, my uh, 
sit of the week last week was some guy for some team that, that played it, had a good game. Moving on. <laughs> All right, no, I won't do that. It was George Kittle as my sit last week, and he finished first among tight ends, um, finishing with 10 more points than the next best, which is Dallas Goddard. He had 67 yards and three touchdowns against the Cowboys. Um, so absolutely a terrible loss for me in that sit. But we're looking to get back on track this week, and I really like my picks for this week. And for my starts and sits, for my starts, I will be having Jordan Addison, Addison uh, receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. So with Jefferson out, Addison is the clear number one receiver. He's been averaging this year five catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. That's with, with Jefferson. So already that is a pretty good fantasy output. Most players would be smart to have them on the roster and definitely slide him into that starting spot, as I think he will clearly take on that number one role. And he is questionable um, with a slight injury this week. If he does not play, this applies to K.J. Osborne, because I think he's very talented as well. But Jordan Addison, definitely start him. And my other start of the week is Rasheed Rice for the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's kind of developing to be their go-to guy. I know they're kind of trying to test the waters and figure out who is who in this receiving core, but he's kind of been separating himself from the pack a little bit here. He's going up against a weak Broncos defense who is 31st against receivers and allowing 1,300 yards per uh, versus the pass, which is the second uh, worst as well. Um, he's been averaging four catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown this year. And he's been getting five or six con- targets consistently. I think he'll have a big day, especially if Kelsey is not playing. And then my sits of the week. We have Jerome Ford running back from the Browns. He's going up against a tough San Francisco defense, who with, and he really has not been playing that well um, this year. He only has 2.4 yards per carry in the last two games, and I do expect Green Hunt to be more involved. And then you also have running back Brees Hall. He's going up against that really stout Eagles defense. And now we go on to the red hot segment, Scott's Parlay. So Scott going 12-3 and three on total games this year and 3-2 and two on his total parlays and winning it last week with the Saints, Jets, and Colts. Who do you have dialed up for this week? Yeah, really nice win last week with two underdog teams on the money line for a really nice payout. I hope that you selected that along with me. Now, for week six, we are going to select the Baltimore Ravens, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Detroit Lions. No underdogs in this one, but ones I think had good enough numbers that I liked and decent value for the teams that they were playing. So this week, on the money line, I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Detroit Lions. All right, we'll see who gets the victor this week as I double down pretty hard on the Titans, you doubling down on the Ravens. It should be a fun week of football, and we are definitely looking forward to all the action. And we'd like to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to like and subscribe or follow us. We are on all platforms. And feel free to share it with anyone who you think may be interested. And this has been, mark my words, Football Podcast. We're back. We are tuning in.